Fear, where terror is homegrown. Join us as we take a drive down dusty back roads and discover the obscure and dark history of this country, human and otherwise, that lurk in your backyard. Hey guys, welcome back to State of Fear Podcast. This is episode number 17. We're going to go over the really cool, creepy state of Louisiana. 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 Uh, I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as always, of course, my, my buddy, uh, James. What's up, everybody? Man, uh, okay, so Louisiana is our neighbor. Yes, it is. Um, a lot of a lot of ghosts there, a lot of uh, uh, historic uh, uh, creepiness going on there, a lot of murder going on there. Yeah, there's some, there's some pretty trippy stuff, and I was there for two years back in the... Uh late 80s when i was in the service and you did you experience anything while you live there nope I nothing had a, i had guns man no i mean like did you experience any <laughs> any did, were you into the paranormal at that time not really no okay gotcha. uh, like i said sense. i still have the general interest i always have yeah you know like i've said before but in this particular case no i wasn't out there hunting them up oh okay, uh, okay. we were in a real quiet little town called slagle okay which is outside of leesville which is outside of fort puke Fort Puke? Fort Puke. Fort Polk. For oh, those Polk. Who, uh... That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, that's what we all affectionately yeah. called it. But... Uh, have you been back since? No. No? Actually, I have not. Now, I have been through Louisiana. Okay. But I literally have not stayed overnight anywhere in Louisiana since I left there in 88. Uh, I stayed there. I actually stayed at the Myrtle's Plantation. Sweet. Yeah. Um... Now, is that as big a deal as they say it is? No, it's not. It is not. No, it's That's a, a shame. It's it's interesting because we we booked it and then the weekend before a hurricane came through. So oh. when we went up there, there were a lot of trees that were down. We were the only people. It's like six of us ghost hunters that went. We were the only people oh, in the entire man. in the entire place. Well, at least there wasn't any noise contamination. No. But unfortunately, like you said, you didn't get any activity, no, no EVPs or nothing? Um, no EVPs, no no real like interesting activity or at least um, um, big activity like you hear other people have had. Uh, we didn't hear any like footsteps on the stairs. Um, we didn't see Chloe, which uh, from, what, from what I understand, Chloe is not actually an actual spirit. There. That's, that's, a, gotcha. that's a, a tourist thing. Um, the, one, the only thing that we did happen, um, which was it's very benign, but... Uh, when I was reviewing my my video later, uh, there's a point where um, one of the one of the uh, researchers has a camera around her neck and it stopped working just for whatever reason. Just okay. Um, and so she hadn't used it in forever. Well, during the night, while we're all in the up upstairs trying to communicate with whatever, at some point while the camera's on her neck, it just starts taking like three pictures. With, really? With a flash, without her touching it. Um, Sweet. So later on, I'm reviewing my video. Uh, the the camera is set up in in the corner, so it's getting all of us. And so, just before the camera goes off, uh, you do see a uh, orb, if you want to call it for lack of a better word, uh, go from the middle of the room and goes up 
and then it heads over towards where this lady is sitting. Hmm. And right after it goes in that direction, that's when her camera goes off. Well. Unfortunately, her camera didn't capture anything, so there's no collaborating evidence. True. But then again, at least it helps that maybe in some cases orbs could possibly be spirits. Yeah. I mean, I know that is a very touchy well, subject with a yeah. lot of paranormal people. Some people Especially swear me. swear up and down, and someone like me and you yeah. are like, yeah. Yeah. First of all, you're investigating a very dusty and old place. Right. Okay, if I investigate like a clean room in a laboratory somewhere that's supposedly haunted and I see some orbs, you know, then Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, like, like I tell people all the but, time, like only only laboratories are going to be dust free. That is correct. Because they're specifically made to be that way to keep contaminants out. Yeah. No matter how clean your house is, you're going to have dust. That is correct. Um, now, I did see an actual a legitimate orb when we went to Haunted Hill House the first time. Yes, we did get one. Uh, my, my That was actually visible to the naked eye. It yes. wasn't like it was just like, oh, we no. caught it on camera. No, this was We didn't even catch it visible. on camera because we had no cameras going. Nope, we were doing that circle. Yep, and uh, myself and our good friend Bill, uh, we both saw it. And we're both the most skeptical people on the team. Yep, um, and, and was, I'm not far behind you. Yeah, <laughs> but it was interesting because we were doing a circle, and I was sitting next to uh, Hazel, who was conducting the circle, and at one point, I opened my eyes, which you're not supposed to, but I opened my eyes just for whatever reason, and, you know, and it's it's midnight uh, in this place, and there's no lights on, it's complete darkness, we didn't have any cameras going, uh, and so I, when I opened my eyes and looked over to my left to where Hazel was sitting, I see this uh, dollar, dollar, silver dollar size, mm-hmm. uh, white illuminated light in front of her mm. and it, within half of a millisecond it goes in, into her and it was so weird that i i had to like do a double take to make sure i saw what i thought i saw because mm-hmm. you know sometimes when you're you close your eyes you open them you see like eye floaties and stuff and, oh and, yeah and you, you you know but this was perfectly round white self-illuminated because there were no lights yep it was I, pitch black in there that i true. wasn't looking through a camera so i wasn't looking at ir light Wow. Um, and so I didn't say anything. And then when we ended the session, you know, she went around to everybody to ask if they had any experiences. She went to her left, which is Billy, first. And the first thing he said was he saw this white light uh, in front of Hazel that went went into her. And, and that was the exact thing that I saw that I hadn't had a chance to tell anybody yet. Uh, but he repeated what I was going to say. Fantastic. So, now, that's great, having collaboration. Like, yeah. I mean, or should I say corroboration? Corroboration. Uh, corroboration. Got to use that right vocabulary. But, yeah, so, uh, and, and that, that's we're digressing from Louisiana. But, um, yeah, the Myrtle's Plantation, it's a cool place. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. People there are very nice. Um, it's a very nice area. But um, at least when we went we didn't have any really crazy out there uh experience happen yeah i can't wait to get back to doing a little investigating sometime probably next year yeah but let's discuss the topic of tonight's episode i would love to hear it man. so uh we have we we did one recently but we were kind of low on the cryptid side so we're going to do another cryptid this time we're going to do uh, i'm loving it we're going to do the rugaru which is the cajun werewolf Yes, and I actually heard. I, I don't. I do not know much about the Rougarou. Okay, but I did hear about it when I lived there. It was local, and people talked about it. Yeah, you know the the the, the Cajuns, especially they love right. that thing. Oh yeah, and um, what actually prompted this episode was that uh, I found a very interesting article about the D Ritter Roadkill, 
Uh, DeRitter is a small town in Louisiana, just on the border. Yeah, I know. Um, where I, I know where that's at too. <laughs> a woman came across this large, unusual creature dead on the side of the road. Wow! And took multiple pictures of it, and the pictures look very similar to the description of a rougarou. Really? Yes. So we will get into that story as well. Nice. Yes, I like it. Um, but before we do that, uh, so uh, are you a werewolf fan, James? I am a big werewolf fan. Are you now? Yes. All right. Uh, in, in I prefer them over vampires myself. There's okay. always that argument. The lichens yeah. are, the, are the vampires. Yeah. I always go with the lichens because something about the transformation process to me is just cool. Yeah, I've always, always been a big... si- I always when I watched Underworld, I'd side okay. with the I'd side with the lichens and stuff like that because vampires are arrogant. So what <laughs> what is your favorite werewolf movie? My favorite werewolf movie is actually Silver Bullet. I knew you were going to say that. Now, a very, very close second, if even second, yeah. would be American Werewolf in London. Okay. I actually love that movie. The effects were spectacular. Mm-hmm. And, and that movie, when I was a kid, scared the crap out of me. Yeah. When it was over with, I had to walk through the woods back up to my house. Oh, lovely. About 100 yards up a hill through woods to my house, which was above my best friend's house. Okay. And while I was walking, I kid you not, the moon was out, uh-huh. and his debt gum husky let out a howl, and I did the 100-yard dash in like <laughs> six seconds, hauling butt up that hill. Boy, I was like, uh-uh. Holy and crap. I, and I was a freshman in high school. I was like oh, freshman. wow. I was, I was not a kid kid. No. I was a teenager. You were a freshman, which means you thought that you were invincible, but at that moment... Nothing. You were not. Absolutely not. I was thinking, I don't want to become werewolf crap somewhere out in the forest. I hauled butt, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, American Werewolf in uh, London is definitely one of my, uh, probably my top werewolf movie. Yeah. Um, a little more so than Silver Bullet, just because as much as I enjoy Silver Bullet uh, with our boy Gary Busey, the, the werewolf in that one wasn't all that great costume. No, no, you, that is correct. Which is why they didn't show it to the very end. Exactly. Which, in my opinion, that, that's how movies should be. You shouldn't see the creature to the very end anyway. Yeah, no disrespect to great Stephen King. He's an awesome author. We've discussed him on our other podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, when but, we're doing the horror movies. But his writing is superb. But when they translate it to the screen, yeah, especially when they show the the monsters a lot of times it's a huge letdown you're like and oh come on i i love the novelette that the book is based or the movie's based on cycle of the werewolf um, mm-hmm. it's fantastic it takes place over a year and it has amazing artwork inside of it and it scared the hell out of me when i first read it um which was after i saw the movie wow um it's a great little book it's very short uh but uh i think after american werewolf in london i think i had to put the original howling nice because um joe dante scared the hell out of me with that movie <laughs> that whole transformation scene in like the file room when he's yeah. transforming the shadow and you can't really see what you can kind of see mm-hmm. and then the one in the porno theater uh i was like this this is more like real life yeah because it's in dirty dingy places it's not just on the moors where yeah. which is place i'm not gonna go like i'll go into the city or whatever but mm-hmm. yeah so i would have to say uh an American Werewolf in London, and then Howling, and then a very close third would probably be Silver Bullets. Um, also kind of tied with uh, another movie called Bad Moon. Yes. Which we had watched. We'd actually reviewed that movie. Um, the creature in that one's actually pretty good. It was. Uh, there's another movie called Dog Soldiers, which is pretty decent. I've heard of that movie. I've never seen that one, I don't think. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. 
Um, and then there's all the other movies, you know, like uh, uh, Cursed and all that stuff, which which are okay. Yeah. Now I'm I'm gonna tell everybody out there listening to this: if you have not seen American Werewolf in London, yeah, just watch the first fifteen minutes. If you know, if you have a quick moment, you yeah. can even look it up. You can even look at it when they leave, you know, they get dropped off, oh, they yeah. go to the slaughtered lamb. Yeah. They feel uncomfortable and get run out of the pub when they question the pentagram on the wall uh-huh. with the candles and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're like, I think we'll go. And then they started getting more and you're like, oh boy. Right. So they start walking and the way they drift and they end up out in the middle of that field. That scene is one of the most chilling blood-curdling scenes I have ever seen in a horror movie. It was so well done. Yeah. The blood effects were awesome, but the fact that this thing came out of nowhere and scared the bejeebers out of us, I mean, because you could hear it growling, and mm-hmm. that alone right there, and you've got nowhere to go. You're out in the open, and you're like, this thing is circling you in the dark, and he goes to help his buddy up after they take off running, and when he reaches down, that thing jumps on him yeah. and starts shredding him up. You see blood and feathers flying. Well, the uh, the the whole atmosphere of the movie is, is <laughs> the atmosphere is great. <laughs> Just... the 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 um, the moors are great. The sound design is great. Yes. Um, and I think like when before we get too too deep into a discussion of movies because this is not yeah. a movie podcast, but that's true. Um, <laughs> I I think one thing that made that scene so effective was that like I think nowadays. Uh, a director who made that who would make that scene would incorporate different scenes where you would hear the creature's footstep as it ran around them. Yeah, you know, and they would think that would help build up the tension to before it struck. But if you're already hearing it circling around them, you know it's circling. You know it's going to get closer, and you know at some point it's going to jump out at them. Yeah, this one you didn't. You heard it howl. Yeah, and then you heard nothing. And then as soon as he goes to pick up his friend, it, it just there's no footsteps, no running. It just, boom. Yeah, because you hear it growl, mm-hmm. like right in front of them, and they right. turn around and start walking away as fast as they can. Yeah. And they're hauling butt, you know. And right. then they said, how far? It sounds like it's far away, but all of a sudden, man, that thing is yeah, on them. Yeah, it's on them. It's, yeah, but let's, uh, like I said, let's not, let's not digress let's, into let's horror movies. Let's not get movies, too yeah. far in it. You you wanna, wanna, <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. Go ahead. Hit it. I was going to say, if you want to listen to the horror movie aspect of our uh interest you can go listen to our sister podcast what to suck yeah. of course the movie is not as high quality these are your more lower these are bad end movies but, but yeah we, we do get into discussion of better movies when we're talking about them absolutely we, we, we compare them to better movies of course yes do you know any uh stories of like any actual well i say actual but any real world werewolves i have not delved into too many real world werewolf stories myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's just Lack of time on my part. Gotcha. I, just, I need to make more time and read more stuff. But I have heard of people. I think we actually did a story about rabies. Yes, in we did. one of our first episodes, we did, I did yeah. a weird news story about rabies, right? And how it was mistaken uh, for possible either vampires or werewolves because of the animal nature, of the, the animalistic nature of these people when they right. would get infected because it eats their brain, driving them into a rage where they would develop the power to actually tear people apart with their hands. So a lot of the folklore came from stuff like that, or should I say, people mistaken mistook that back in those days for possible werewolves and stuff because like i said people didn't understand things in the old days but. not not a lot of people know and i mean that may have like like there's there's plenty of all kinds of cases i mean peter stube uh the beasts of gavadon um and others but the, more closer to home and and uh unfortunately we didn't get a chance to bring her down but uh linda godfrey has made a whole career yes out of discussing uh creatures like the beasts of bray road the michigan dogman yeah 
Um, and there are multiple sightings by by multiple people of these things. Up, we'll get up her back in, down here next year, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe get her on an episode here one season. You never yeah, know. That'd be great, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so but we are going to be talking about the Louisiana Rougarou, Louisiana Werewolf, and the interesting case of the D-Rider Road kill. But first, James, why don't we get into your weird news of the day? <laughs> happy to good sir what do we got today's article is dated june 2nd of this year just recently very recently yeah um, at least in this recorded anyway yeah true enough the title of the article is mysterious loud screams coming from the sky pierced texas oh and it's a texas story too sweet the story goes after recording creepy piercing screams echoing through the night in texas a man has been left deeply creeped out and so would i i would probably. be too yeah Daniel Robb, who resides in Bryan City, recorded a high-pitched hollering on May 23rd and said it sounded like a banshee in Irish mythology, a female spirit. He decided to share the footage on YouTube and argued that the unexplained noise came from the sky. He points to the cloud, saying, quote, There's a sound screaming, so freaking loud it's coming from up there. That's coming from, like, up in the sky, outside of my apartment. What is that? It was so loud, it made the hairs on my arms and neck stand tall. It filled the entire night sky. I've never heard anything like it before. Well, why don't we hear some of what he recorded? Listen to this. There's a sound screaming. Like a, it's like a... It's like a scream. It's so freaking loud, and it's coming from up in the air, like up there. It's been going on now. What is that? I swear I saw like this thing when the lightning was flashing a second ago. What the fuck? Dude, that's coming from like up in the sky outside of my apartment. Man, that is... That is... Creepy as hell. That is eerie as hell. Now... When I was watching this video, I'll, I'll say this real quick before yeah. I continue the story. When I was watching the video, which I will post uh, the day after the episode airs so people can actually see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you observe in the sky, I see what looks to me to be a couple of different little smaller little mini tornadoes. Because okay. the clouds seem to be swirling to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was causing the loud pitch whistle because okay. it was a, you know, a huge lightning storm right. going on. So that kind of weather produces tornadoes of all kinds. Yeah. But this was eerie. It's very eerie. That that sound is terrifying. Yeah. If I was listening to that, I'd be like, Yeah. You know, I'd be good I'd be grabbing a shotgun. What the hell? It to me you know? sounded like perhaps uh the apocalypse was starting. That was like one of the seals that broke. Yeah. Yeah. And that was He's just waiting for the horn. That was you know? death screaming on his black horse or yeah. his white horse, I should say, as, as he rise through. Yeah. Yeah, it was that was very bone chilling. So yes, we will uh put that up on our site on our social media following the release of this episode. Uh, 
So, yeah. The story concludes, The disturbing howl comes every few minutes when the stormy weather illuminates the sky. So far, no one knows what or who it was. I like how they put who it was. Like, it might actually or be somebody. Uh, yeah, no, that that sound, when I, when I first Short heard it, but scary, man. That thing. It that's, gave me goosebumps, man. That was off the that, chain, brother. And the fact that it keeps going. Now... The fact that it it continues and it seems to go only after the lightning has struck, uh, to me, suggests some sort of variation of thunder. And it could be atmospheric discharge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, high pitch. But, man, it, I'm going to tell you what. I don't know what it was. Maybe that in combination with swirling wind created a weird effect of yeah. some sort. But I'm going to tell you what. I was ready to see a broom or something fly out of that lightning. It you know? it sounds very it's human. Crazy. It does. It sounds like a like a like a woman like a like a banshee. It sounds screaming. like a or it sounds like a woman being stabbed or tortured. Yeah, but you know, but, but like but, multiple times louder. Exactly. Because it covered the entire sky. Amplified. It was like yeah. she was standing on a stage and screaming into a microphone. It's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, it I, is creepy. Unexplainable. Yeah. At, oh, to yeah. this point. To this Maybe point, we'll yeah. delve into that one later. We might touch on it again when we get around to Texas. I don't know, just for the heck of it. Someone smarter than us will definitely figure it out, that's for sure. Let's get into the main topic of tonight. Again, we are discussing the Rougarou, which is the Cajun version of the werewolf. It's history, uh, some sightings, and then, of course, we'll get into the interesting case of the D-Ritter roadkill. Quick Louisiana fact. The town sure. of New Lano, Louisiana, which is right outside the gates of Fort Polk, has the highest per capita DWI conviction and ticketing rate in the nation. So if you ever go through there, slow down. It's only a quarter of a mile, but yet they write the biggest number of tickets. And they prey on military, so... We are a true crime <laughs> podcast as well, so that kind of fits in. Yeah, good yeah. job. Good good service <laughs> announcement there. All right. Okay, so the Rougarou. Um, we'll go into a little bit of the history and the culture of the Rougarou. As I said, it's a Cajun version of the werewolf, and it's a variant pronunciation of the French word for werewolf, which is loup garou. Mm. Loup is French for wolf, and garou translates to man who transforms into an animal. Uh, it can, of course, reference uh, any... Man that transforms into animals, not a wolf, such as like a, a were-panther, were-bear, which there are stories of. According to uh, Barry Jean Ancelet, an academic expert on Cajun folklore and professor at University of Louisiana at Lafayette in America, the tale of the Rougarou is a common legend across French Louisiana. Both words are used interchangeably in so southern Louisiana, and some people call the monster Rougarou, but others refer to it as loup Garou, as we mentioned earlier. The loup Garou legend, or I should say the Rougarou legend, has spread for many generations, and either directly from French settlers to Louisiana uh, or New France, or via the French-Canadian immigrants centuries ago. Some sources claimed the myth originated in medieval France, when belief in werewolves would have been more prevalent than they are now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, a long time ago, for everything, there was... Again, I mean, people it was, scared by their own shadows, man. I hate to go back to a movie, but go back to a really crappy movie. What was that? Uh, M Night Shyamalan, The Village. Yes. Again, set in. It was supposed to be set in the, around that time frame, and and the fear of the unknown in the forest 
gave rise to the legend of monsters. Yes. Even now, we've seen uh, pictures of like bears with mange, and they look like werewolves. Yes, they do. So if you have a bear in your forest that has mange or has just shed all of its hair for some reason, and you don't know, you're not used to this, you're, you're not you know aware of this, you come across it, it is terrifying. Yes. What the hell is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a werewolf. Yeah. Uh, a version of the 16th century paints it as being seen as something similar to a genetic disorder rather than the curse most other versions of the myth portray the Ruguru as being. In this version, the Ruguru would live as a normal person until some event occurred that triggered their condition. Their body would undergo a transformation and they would develop a craving for meat. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Or hungry. Sorry, I had to throw that in. They're full That's true. Tra- they, yeah, yeah hungry. or hungry, yeah. Yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, and Green I'm, eyes. You better run. Gonna take more than the Snickers. That's right. Uh, <laughs> their full transformation into their Rougarou form would be completed once they had their first bite of human flesh. Oh, interesting. Yes, so... Usually you hear the total transformation, then it goes on the hunt. Right. You don't ever hear of them, like, during transformation, biting somebody, which, compl- that's the first time I've ever heard that. And the, the typical werewolf legend is that you are bit by a werewolf. Yes. You uh, absorb the curse or the, the, the saliva, the genetics, whatever it is, and then you turn into a werewolf. That's right. It's not usually you turn into a... That is actually more akin to the legend of, like, the Wendigo. That, that, that is true. Yes. And that is, of course, also if you're not completely consumed by this creature... Right. You know, you have to survive the attack. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) In Cajun legends, the creature is said to prowl the swamps of Acadiana and Greater New Orleans, and sugarcane fields and woodlands of the region. The Rougarou most often is described as a creature with a human body and the head of a wolf or dog, similar to the werewolf legend, but they also often have glowing red eyes, which would be even more scary. Interesting. There are variations told of people turning into pigs, cows, or chickens, which are not as frightening, but <laughs> moo yeah oink um <laughs> okay. okay i don't now think, we I covered don't, all three of them. i don't think a were chicken is that is that frightening actually chicken. yeah i don't think it's that frightening <laughs> oh lord uh often the storytelling has been used to inspire fear and obedience one such example is stories that have been told by elders to persuade children to behave absolutely Which i was just gonna say that all across the board yeah, oh yeah all cultures yeah. do that use yeah. fear use fear as control when you're little uh, according to another variation the wolf-like beast will hunt down and kill catholics who do not follow the rules of lent <laughs> another way to keep fear i didn't to mean use... to eat the cookie i'm sorry <laughs> it was good uh, this coincides with the French Catholic loop guru stories, according to which the method for turning into werewolf is to break Lent seven years in a row. Now oh, that, wow. that I hadn't heard before. Me neither. No, I've heard that's... multiple ways to turn into werewolf, but I had not heard that you, if you break Lent for seven years in a row, you turn into werewolf. Seven being an unlucky number in some wow. cases. Yeah. So, I mean. In this case, of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A common blood-sucking legend says that the Rougarou is under the spell for 101 days. After that, the curse is transferred from person to person when the the creature draws another human's blood. Uh, During that day, the creature returns to human form, although acting sickly, and the human refrains from telling others of the situation for fear of being killed. Um, But it has also been known that the creature will roam the streets at night, antagonizing everyone it meets until someone stabs or shoots it. So it can also be just a drunk person that runs around bothering Sober people. Yeah. Until he gets stabbed or shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can then Jeez. tell his attacker who he really is. The trick is, though, 
that the person who attacked Rugaru cannot tell you or anyone about this for 101 days or he too will become a Rugaru. So if you get attacked, you can't say Jack. No, not for 101 days. What is that? Like three months, three and a half, three, three, three months, months and a week. And a couple, yeah. yeah. That is a long time. I'm just, I ain't saying nothing. I, that is a long time to not tell anybody about an encounter you had where you had to shoot somebody or stab someone. That's, Man. Yeah. Yeah, to have to hold that in for that long? For that long, I know. Well, I mean, if you were attacked and you were scratched or bitten. For fear that you would turn into a Rougarou. Well, wouldn't you turn into one anyway, though, if you were bit or scratched? Well, no, I think this is, if you stab or, or shoot someone who is a Rougarou, oh, then you can't tell anybody can't for 101 nothing. days. And oh, then, yeah, okay. As long as you don't, you don't turn into a Rougarou. But if you tell somebody, then you ob- obtain the curse from that person. Wow. Other stories range from the Rougarou as a rabbit, which, again, is not scary. <laughs> what? I, have, has anybody ever heard of the killer rabbit of Canterbog? Uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There, okay, yeah. so maybe yeah. that's maybe that's a Rougarou yeah. style it, it thing. Can, okay, it can happen. Uh, to the Rougarou <laughs> being derived from witchcraft. In the later claim, only a witch can make a Rougarou, either by turning into a wolf herself or by cursing others with lycanthropy. The Rougarou differs from a werewolf in that it can turn into wolf form at any time, not just when the moon is full, which is even scarier because it just... Uh, yeah, that's not fair because that gives you no warning. No, <laughs> no. You have no time to prepare for at that. Least, at least when there's a full moon, you can lock you can lock everything down, board up the windows. Going. Yeah. Yeah, and be prepare prepared. Prepare yourself, yeah. Now, if you got somebody who's just walking by, he wants a sandwich, and all of a sudden he looks at you and he jumps on you, you're done. It's also said to be more slightly muscular and powerful because it has to traverse through dense and dangerous swamps. Uh, so the Rougarou is a bad mamma jamma. Yeah. I uh, don't like it. It's also often associated with the skunk ape or the Honey Island Swamp Monster, which are two cryptids in Louisiana we may get to later at a different time. Yep. Uh, likely due to another variation of the myth, which states the creature is a shapeshifter that can change forms between human and animal at will, sometimes making it seem more like the swamp Sasquatch than a werewolf, which is an interesting yeah. idea. A swamp Sasquatch. That perhaps now, a... this, the skunk ape, wasn't there a skunk ape in Florida? There is a skunk ape in Florida, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, but but uh, Louisiana is uh, along that, that whole southern Gulf area where, Gulf, where Florida Gulf is Coast at. Area. Yeah, so, that is true. Yeah, so maybe, maybe the skunk ape... Uh, um, Maybe just uh, all like those marsh areas in the lower parts of the states. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's crazy. In fact, there is also a Native American story of the Rougarou. This version varies from being a Bigfoot legend to resembling something more like the Wendigo, as we discussed yes. earlier. Uh, there have been some dispute about whether or not the myth is actually related to the French Louisiana Rougarou legends, though. Yeah. Uh, so there are some ways you can protect yourself from Rougarous. First thing is quite interesting. It also has uh, sort of a uh, context of like leprechauns or vampires are sort of similar connotation to those lay 13 small objects by your door or doors hmm. apparently when a person changes into a rougarou they forget how to count past 12 for some odd reason <laughs> i know what I, I don't know uh so if you encounter one you have left 13 objects near the door or doors the rougarou will stop and count them it will then become perplexed that it when it cannot add all the objects up and continue counting and recounting until the sun comes up and the curse lifts well, I'm sorry. If I'm hungry, I'm not going to stop to count. I, I, I'm 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 gonna walk past. But that eat. But, but that is that is cool. That is a part of their lore. It's in their nature. That is true. They, they cannot help it. Gotcha. It's like uh, uh, I think that leprechaun myth that if you leave shoelaces untied, they have to tie. They have to tie them. They can't help themselves. Vampires. Some vamp. Some vampire legends. If if you have small objects like matchsticks or whatever, and you throw at them, they have to stop and pick each one up. 
before they can do anything else. It's just it's just this weird thing in their myth. Wow, I'd take a whole box of wooden matches and just fling them. Yeah, I would. So just, long, Drac. Yeah. I'm out. Deuces. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, you can roll up a leaf from the swamps and keep it in your wallet. Really? Or if you are creative, paint a hexagon shape on the middle of your floor, stand in the center of it, and say prayers to protect you. However, if you do not believe the Rougarou stories are true and you do nothing, you may be heading for a bout or two with the Rougarou. Oh, yeah, the Rougarou is going to bust in the house. Oh, my God, geometry, I'm out. <laughs> Let's go into a couple of uh, sightings real quick before we get into the uh, Derrida Roadkill story. Oh, sweet. Uh, now, despite the legend seemingly beginning as a way to scare Catholics and children, many locals maintain its existence and have their own personal stories, especially among the older generation. A story in the Daily Comet titled Tales of the Rougarou Still Haunt Local Memories states that, quote, In the past, rumors about strange or eccentric neighbors would float through small bayou communities, labeling various people as the dreaded Rougarou, end quote. This suggests an explanation for the abundance of stories from locals about seeing a Rougarou for themselves. A story in the Nicholas Worth, a local college paper, titled Rougarou Remains Strong Figure in Cajun Folklore, recounts a story from a woman about experience in her youth. She says a local boy was being followed by a dog when it decided to cut it with a pocket knife. The boy saw the dog turn into a man, then ran home to tell his family. According to the woman, quote, The next day, a prominent physician appeared in town with his right arm cut and in a sling. I remember when the physician shot himself here in Lockport. A year later, the boy killed himself and left a letter that the family turned over to the sheriff. Even today, he refuses to let anyone see it, end quote. Wow. And that kind of actually sounds very familiar to something we talked about earlier, Silver Bullet. Personal confession, yeah. Because there's, in the movie, yeah. he shoots the werewolf in the eye. He sure does. Next day, who has a missing eye? That's right. The I, Reverend Lowe. I wasn't going to spoil it, but it's 30 years old or 40 years That's, old. So ain't nobody going to know. Yeah, but the Reverend comes up with a patch in his eye, which means he's a werewolf. So it's a very similar sort of thing. Hi, Janie. Just put your bottles in the garage. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, but... However, neither of these stories come close to the tale of the D. Ritter Roadkill. Now, this story comes from a story written by Rob Morphy. It was written in January of 2010, so about 10 years ago. About 10. 10, 10 yeah. some months ago. So, uh, D. Ritter is a small L.A. town in the west located near the Texas border, as we mentioned earlier. L.A. is in Louisiana. Yeah. We're still in Louisiana, still folks. Still in Louisiana. <laughs> uh, these fascinating remains have been at the center of a raging controversy ever since they were discovered and photographed on a lonely, sun-bleached stretch of Louisiana highway. In 1996, a woman named Barbara Mullins, while cruising down a dusty patch of hot Louisiana asphalt known as Highway 12, noticed something odd at the side of the road. Unlike so many other eyewitnesses who only have their memory to corroborate what they say, Mullins, who was luckily equipped with a camera, decided to stop and investigate. The resulting photographs had made for some of the most compelling and controversial images to have emerged from the cryptozoological quagmire. I wonder if uh, our buddy Ken ever got down there and I would went after uh, uh, Ken Gerhard. Uh, yeah. I would guarantee that he has gone down there. I think it's in a couple of his books, actually. Uh, nice. And I'm sure he's seen the photographs as well. We actually wow. probably should reach out to him and see and see how he weighs in on him. Yeah. Yeah. Mullins described the unusual animal captured in these snapshots as being approximately as large as an adult St. Bernard and covered with a thick coat of dark woolly hair. Hmm. Its most notable attributes, however, were its decidedly simian features, extended and distinctly unpaw-like feet, as well as small pointed ears. 
On September 25, 1996, the De Quincey News published the first reports of this creature and even went so far as to suggest that the remains might be none other than those of the notorious goat-sucking fiend known to the Southern Hemisphere and now the rest of the world as the Chupacabra. Chupacabra. I love the Chupacabra. It has also been suggested that it might be the remains of the notoriously aggressive Devil Monkey. <laughs> I love the names they give some I know. of these things, These things are man. great. Which has been reported throughout the central portions of the United States. In the article, Mullins herself claimed that at first she thought the carcass was that of a dog. That was until she saw its baboon-like visage. Mm. It was precisely this trait, along with the animal's elongated feet, which have led many researchers to conclude that the animal is more likely to be related to primates than modern canines. Oh, boy. I know. It's a Planet of the Apes early uh, test. Yeah. Yeah, that, that failed. Uh, this is not to say that the skeptics have not aired their opinions regarding the subject of the D. Ritter roadkill, which, of course, we do. I'm a skeptic, so, I'm, you know, we, we do. These observations include the official statement by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, whose representatives, after studying the photographs for a negligible amount of time, came to the dubious conclusion that the animal depicted in the photographs was nothing more than your average Pomeranian dog. But the size of a St. Bernard? Give me a break. I mean... Again, they're they're studying pictures. They're not looking at the actual animals. So yeah, they're. I'm sure there's something in the pictures that would give them a sense of scale. Scale. That was gonna say some yeah. scale of some sort. So to them, it's probably one of those things where it's like an a, a illusion where it looks like it's bigger than it actually is. <laughs> Almost four years after the photographs were taken, independent researcher Roy Young became intrigued by the images and began an investigation of his own. Young surmised that the animal depicted in these photographs may actually have been a biological example of what the Cajuns have for years referred to in their folklore as the Loop Garou, or the Cajun Werewolf, or the Rougarou. Legends of this beast date back to the first Spanish settlers in the area and have also been associated with the Skunk Ape and the Honey Island Swamp. Young was said to have obtained further evidence of the creature's reality in the form of pieces of what were purported to be the beast's skeleton. These bone fragments were reported to have come from an anonymous man who hailed from Lake Charles, Louisiana. As encouraging as the arrival of this evidence initially seemed, it now appears to be unlikely that the remains Young received were authentic, as a dermal ridge expert who examined the bones claimed that they were definitely canine in origin. But a boogaloo was, you know, half, half dog, Hello. right? Werewolf, right? Yeah. Hello, yeah. This had led some researchers to conclude that the Lake Charles specimens are either the product of a hoax or that the man who gathered them, admittedly after the animal had decomposed, had unwittingly stumbled upon the carcass of a wild dog in the same general area. Plans for the DNA testing of these remains are anticipated for the near future. Now, this was in 2010, so I don't know if they... Okay, and folks, please understand, roadkill does not survive in Louisiana. There are scavengers and oh scavenger animals everywhere. There's buzzards, there's possums, there's coyotes, yeah. there's gators. Yeah. I mean, and gators don't like fresh meat. They no. always drag the old meat and they'll stuff it under their logs. And you gotta fight for it, no. You know, so something like this can't just lay around, you know, forever. Yeah. You know. And and if the bones are there, they're gonna be scattered to the wind. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, or drug into the forest. You may you may find a few, maybe the skull, but that's it. It wouldn't be there on the road long enough you know to decompose all the way down to bones right i'm right. sorry no. even if even if the, the animals picked it to the to the bone there are roadkill 
There are, you know, there are people, creatures that use the bones. There's roadkill people, people in Louisiana that patrol the streets, and they yeah. remove roadkill. They, you they, know? There, are people, there are people who go pick up roadkill to use in like modern art it, or to use it. It's me pet. and my conspiracies, but I always think every time something cool happens, somebody tries to cover it up because for some reason they think they can hoard it and hog it for yeah. themselves instead of sharing it with the general public. The lack of definitive answers notwithstanding, Young, along with numerous other 14 researchers, Remain convinced that the corpse found rotting on the side of Highway 12, and fortunately captured in Mullen's extraordinary photographs, is one of the most significant cryptozoological finds of the 20th century. Fantastic. Now, James, my good friend, has not seen the pictures yet. I have not. So I am going to show you the pictures live on air. That would be nice. All right, here we go. Hang this on is a, a reaction video. Should we reaction. put this on YouTube, bro? Yeah, we need some cameras first. What in the hell is that? All right, so here's one picture. It's of the the side. You can see the uh, the the top paws and the front paws. It looks like the back part is missing. Yeah. Um, let's go to another angle real quick so you can see. Here's another angle a little closer to the front. Here is the ears. Here is what's supposed to be, I guess, the snout. I mean, look at that fur. That is thick. Yeah. That is not. I mean, it. it okay. Yes. It looks like Pomeranian fur. But that head is enormous. But it's not Pomeranian color. Pomeranians no. are light golden. Yeah, that's new. Yeah, Heck no. And and again, looking at scale, I mean, we're quite familiar with the type of weeds that are uh, around it. Mm-hmm. Um, a pomeranian would be about the size of these weeds, and it's obviously bigger this than the weeds. This literally looks like it was hit by something and busted in half. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find a better picture for you. Let's take a look real quick. I'm sure all the really, really good pictures have been kept under wraps. I doubt it, because only one person took them, and, and she kept them all. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'd blast them everywhere. Yeah. Let's see. Is this one it? Let me see. Nope, that's not it. Surprised she didn't get closer to the face. She did, actually. I'm trying to find a picture of that right now, actually. Ah. Yeah. Let's see, you can't really see it, but see. Okay, so zoom in. See here? There you go. So this is a better picture. So you see there's eye here. There's a snout here. Yeah. And right here is the rest of the, uh, looks the lower like jaw. jaw. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see, you can kind of see how it looks almost um, baboon-like. It does. Yeah. Except yeah. the fur is different. Yeah, that's um, crazy. But the snout is definitely uh, very pronounced, uh, like a like a canine, but not exactly it like a. It almost looks like I'm sorry to say this, but I'm not trying to make fun of this. Yeah, this almost looks like the crate monkey from Creepshow. Yeah, it does. It kind of does. The same kind of heavy fur around the shoulders mm -hmm. and and the face and the shape. And now from this angle, we can actually see back here. It looks like these might be the back paws back here. Yeah. Um, and, and, okay, speaking of which, you can also see um, where the paws are at on the road. You see the white line where the edge of the road is at. Absolutely. If this was a Pomeranian, it would be about Splattered. the size. Well, yeah, and it'd be about the size of that little shoulder on the side. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it wouldn't be as big as it this is. This is no large. Pomeranian, yeah. folks. Not even by any stretch of the imagination. No. So we'll, we'll, put, we'll put these up, uh, of course, uh, before and after the episode comes out. But, yep. um, yeah, that's the, uh, the D-Ritter Roadkill, which has as of today, has not been um, debunked or proven to be real. Yep, because they're probably too scared to tell people the truth. Or they just, uh, yeah, I don't know. And the, the funny thing is nobody knows, or at least when I, what I was able to look up, nobody knows what happened to the roadkill. Um, she only took a few pictures, but apparently they have s some of it somewhere because they tried to send, you know, parts of it off to be DNA tested, yeah. but they weren't correct. But, um yeah, as far it maybe somebody like you said has it hidden away somewhere, or they most likely they just burned it or buried it. 
that's probably you know somebody came up, what the hell is this and yeah. got it off the freeway yeah and as you see in the pictures it's it's not actually in a swamp it's on the side of a road yep so they're 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 it's not like it was it was a swamp animal that got hit yeah. by a car this thing was out in the middle of that area that's true and just happened to get hit by a car or hit by a truck probably. it looks like the like i said it looks like the back end was just it it either looks like it was hit so hard it was just like jellified the yeah. back half of the body, shattered the bones. Yeah. Because it was that close to the road, it might have got hit by just a speeding truck. Cause... But the, the fur and the snout, to me, it's it's something not usual. But it had to have some kind of strength because if it took that kind of hit and, still and it still mostly died, in one piece. it still died, but it's still mostly in one piece. Yeah. It might have had some strength to yeah, it. Took so... a hell of a shot, but I guess whatever it was just. Could very well be a boogaroo that got Clocked hit by out. a car. Maybe yeah, so. Or a truck, yeah. So, yeah. That so is fantastic, man. That's the story of the D. Ritter Roadkill and the uh, history of the boogaroo, man. Man, I love it. Yeah. that, that I always that was love a, this kind of stuff, man. I, I love cryptids as well. And um, this was actually one that I hadn't heard of as well. Again, until looking up the information for this episode. So. And until you mentioned it, this is the no, this is the guy's honest truth, man. I had not heard that word no. uttered. Since I lived in Louisiana, the Rougarou, yeah, yeah, people actually talked about it there because there were yeah. some Cajun, you know, some Cajuns lived in around the Leesville area. Oh yeah, and it's... you could hear them talking, and I, it just came up. I can't tell you exactly how or whatever, but it come up in conversation and stuff like that. Or I heard somebody talking about. It. I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, but eh. yeah. All right, James. Well, why don't you tell the fine folks at home where they can find us? I will be happy to, brother. Uh, folks, you can find us on the fourthhand.com network along with our sister project, What the Suck. You'll also find several other fine shows. Good people. Give them a like. Give them a listen. Give us a like. Give us a listen. Please do. Please do. Uh, ratings, please. Uh, if you'd like to comment on the episodes, please do so. You can also find us on the Big Evil Facebook under State of Fear, and you can find us on Instagram under State of Fear. Uh, you can find us anywhere your podcasts are, you know, shown. Uh, we're anchor.com. Uh, anchor as well, yeah. Is anchor. it anchor.com or anchor.fm? Anchor.fm. Anchor. 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 Uh, um, Google Podcasts. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere. Yes. If you go out there and look, we're there. You'll, you'll Sp- find us for I, sure. I, I listen on Spotify to my podcast. There you go. Because it's yeah. much easier to find and it's, it's easy listening Spotcast is a pretty easy uh, interface. Spotcast. Spotcast. <laughs> Spotted cast, a new one I'm starting today. That's right. There you uh, go. Spotify has a very uh, easy, user-friendly uh, uh, interface. Yes, so, it does. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think I'm ready to head on that road and get on to the next state. How about you? Man, I am ready. Folks, I am James, and we're going to see you down the road. All right. I'm Chris, and we'll see you at the next state. Maybe there'll be a Bucky's there. Peace out.
Looking for a brew unique to you? Find it at Kroger. Discover distinctly different chameleon organic ground coffee with flavors like Guatemala and dark and handsome. They're so organic, so sustainable, and so good. Visit Kroger today to get yours.